Hello, and welcome to the Music Works podcast. I'm Katie Beardsworth, director and founder of Polyphony Arts, and today I'm delighted to welcome back Stephen Maddock OBE, chief executive of the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. If you tuned into our last episode, you will have heard him share his thoughts and give us some top-level advice on recruitment in the arts. This week, we'll be looking at his own experience working at the helm of one of the country's leading arts organisations. Stephen's role encompasses all the activities of one of the world's great symphony orchestras, plus its four choruses, its youth orchestra, its learning programme and its administrative and rehearsal home at the CBSO Centre. In 2020, COVID managed to achieve what the Luftwaffe had failed and shut down live performances. Stephen describes what this meant for the orchestra's 90 musicians, its 500 volunteers and all the support staff whose sole focus was to get them back playing again. And we'll also hear about the CBSO's exciting new project in collaboration with Shireland Collegiate Academy Trust to open a new school in Sandwell, one of the most deprived local authority areas in England, offering an academic secondary education with a strong musical focus. In this conversation, Stephen will talk about how the school marks a radical new approach to music education with the express mission to address the much publicised decline in the provision of the creative arts in many schools. Before we get started with that, here is a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. If these difficult times have shown us anything, it's that life can be unpredictable. Allianz offer cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment, protecting you against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. Plus, every Allianz music policy now includes free legal assistance and support, so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Now, if the worst happens, you won't be left out of pocket and you can get back to doing what you do best. To find out more about this and Allianz's special online offer of two months free cover, go to alliancemusic.co.uk. Allianz, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. And now let's go over to the Music Works studio where Stephen Maddock is waiting to talk to us. Hi Stephen, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, nice to be here. Yeah, wonderful to see you. Um, so today we're talking to Stephen Maddock, Chief Executive of the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. So uh, Stephen, let's, let's start by um, talking about what the CBSO has been up to over the past couple of years. Um, tell us about uh, COVID, past, present and future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not too much of the future, I hope. Um, uh, so we, you know, like like everybody, this was the most enormous shock to the system and it was brought into you know huge relief for us by the fact that 2020 was our centenary year. So uh, the way we spent our centenary year was by being silenced for the longest period at any point in the orchestra's history. That you know the Luftwaffe tried to stop concerts in Birmingham, but only ever managed for a week or two. Um, so you know, uh, and, you know, we've never had strikes, we've never had wars, we've never had unavailability of concert halls, we've never you know, run out of money. There were all sorts of um, ways in which the orchestra had been incredibly resilient, but COVID um, stopped us in our tracks and we were two days away from going on a big European tour, one of five that we were meant to do in our centenary year, and all of that was cancelled. Um, so for the first few months, we were completely silent. Uh, we then started doing a small amount of activity online, 
we were ready to do live concerts again and then they got cancelled in the November lockdown. We were ready to start again in January of 21 and they also got cancelled. But by May 21, when we were allowed to start live concerts again, in fact, the very the very week that live concerts were legal again in the UK, we started playing again in Symphony Hall and we've been doing so ever since. So we've actually been as active as as any orchestra, really, regular concerts right the way through from, from, from May of last year, um, supplemented by some digital activities. Um, our learning and participation programme is all now back up and running next month. We're doing a whole series of schools concerts, our youth orchestra, you know, for the first time in October, all our choruses are back doing in-person rehearsals. So we, we feel now we're not perhaps absolutely 100% capacity, but we're certainly at about 90% capacity across all our activities, which is which is a great place to be because, you know, an orchestra needs to, it's like a sports team, it's like an athlete, you know, it needs to be working, it needs to be performing. Um, and we never got seriously out of practice uh, other than for those first few months. So that's been... That's been a, a great relief, really. That's great to hear what a journey it must have been. Yeah, I, th I think it was particularly the first part of the pandemic and then the little bit last winter. Very, very tough for the musicians, actually. Um, in a sense, you know, I was busy throughout, me and, and, and the sort of key staff um, were, you know, obviously having to run the business and, you know, we were well supported by the government money, but that entails a lot of work, a lot of, lobbying a lot of paperwork and and there was also a lot of just very sort of um uh pastoral side of, of things that needed doing um because actually our 90 musicians and our 500 volunteers and our staff you know many of whom were furloughed needed to have connection with the organization people are very passionate about working for the cbso even the people who were furloughed actually i mean in a sense especially people who were furloughed were really upset about it in some cases because they wanted to be helping they wanted to be at work they wanted to be um useful so so a lot of time was spent just on sort of keeping helping people's you know mental health their sort of sense of, of purpose and and if you're a professional orchestral musician you know you've probably been playing with others ever since you were sort of seven or eight years old and so for the first time to be confined to your house um was really really tough and and some people, you know, use that time positively, developed another skill, you know, learned to play another concerto or so on. But some found it, found it, you know, quite, quite tough and quite, quite isolating. So there was a lot of time that we just had to spend, you know, keeping people cheerful, keeping them um, focused on, you know, the idea that there would be a future for the orchestra, that we would be back. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm pleased to say that 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 has now happened. I mean, we're not completely beyond COVID, but we are, you know, the, the fact that there was no material lockdown measures over Christmas suggests to me that, that, you know, there probably won't be any more in the UK. So, so I do think for the first time in two years, we're now able to sort of plan our work with some confidence. Yeah, let's hope so. It certainly seems to be the way we're going, doesn't it? And it's um, it's great to hear. It's great to hear what your perspective has been. There's been such a range of perspectives. Um, from so many organisations, it's been very divisive in a lot of ways, what people have been able to manage. So um, that's really great to hear. Thank you. Um, and you have news of a new school opening, I believe. Yes. So this is something that, that COVID has slightly delayed, but definitely not knocked off track in any way at all. So uh, in September of next year, 23, um, 
a brand new secondary school will open in Samwell, which is, you know, just actually in, in the centre of West Bromwich, which is about a 20 minute drive from Symphony Hall and the CBSO Centre. Um, in partnership between the CBSO and the Shireland Multi-Academy Trust, which is a very successful trust uh, in managing about 10 schools in Sandwell. Um, and this school is going to specialise in music for the people of Sandwell uh, with the orchestra's activity at its heart, with a special curriculum in which all the subjects will be, will be taught with a kind of musical slant to them and in which every child who goes to the school, which eventually will have about 900 pupils, um, will have the opportunity and indeed be encouraged to learn an instrument, to sing, to play in ensembles, uh, and all of that will be free at the point of use for the child and families concerned. So this is a, a, an amazing undertaking. We're very, very excited about it. Um, we don't think anything like this has been tried uh, anywhere in the world with a, with a, with an orchestra at the heart of it. I mean, there are, of course, you know, specialist music schools, lots of that in Scandinavia, you know, the, the, the cathedral schools and, and other specialist music schools in this country. But for it to be free, for it to be in a standard comprehensive and for it to have an orchestra um, of the CBSOs, you know, quality and, and, and renown at the heart of it, uh, we don't think anyone's tried before. So it's 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 super exciting, but also a, a, a huge responsibility. Absolutely. But what a place. I mean, that sounds incredible. So, I mean, how is it being funded, if you don't mind my asking? Is it... Yeah, sure. So it's it, it's basically, it was agreed um, by the government through the Free Schools Programme, which is a sort of slightly confusing uh, uh, scheme, really. But the Free Schools Programme was all about encouraging slightly different models of schools. So one of the reasons this was agreed was because Samuel had a desperate need for another secondary school. It has, you know, rising numbers of, of, of secondary age pupils, but also because they, the government wanted the preschools programme to support very distinctive kinds of schools. Um, so there's actually a performing arts school in Birmingham that was agreed as part of the same uh, childhood, the, the Birmingham Ormiston Academy, it's a sort of technical skills school to go with there. Um, performance dance and drama school um, so so the distinctiveness was was attractive to to government to the DfE um, the track record of both CBSO and the Shireland Trust uh, was was attractive um, and the location um, is you know is is a fantastic uh, opportunity and plus point it, it seemed to all of us so so you know Samwell is is a, a borough with you know multiple deprivation of all kinds of things. It comes you know quite low on a lot of um, indexes of, of 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 deprivation and and, and need. Um, though it has many good schools and it has you know, but but it, you know it is it is a poorer town than Birmingham. Let's just put it that way. Um, and the councillors in Samwell who have been very helpful towards this by um, actually uh, um, providing the land or, or you know, selling and donating some, some land as part of the um, construction project, um, saw that actually far from this being something where the black country needs to compete with Birmingham, which happens from time to time as well, but this was something where the black country could be working with Birmingham to give access to something genuinely world-class. And, and, and from our point of view, 
you know, we believe very strongly, this is a very values-driven project, we believe very strongly that classical music and orchestral music should be available to everybody and can be relevant to anybody. Um, and what we know is that those opportunities are very, very patchy in, in, in this country and that, you know, particularly music in state schools and large comprehensives, when it's good, it can be great. And sometimes it's just not there at all. Uh, and one of the things people said to me, including people from Samwell, quite early on in this project was, well, what makes you think that people in Samwell are going to be interested in classical music? To which my response is always, what makes you think that people in Samwell are not going to be interested in classical music? So we make so many assumptions here about what is relevant. And, 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 and the fact is, we, you know, we don't believe that um, uh, there is anything inherently elitist or special or difficult about classical music. We just believe that often there are sort of man-made barriers that go in the way um, and that it, there is often a, a real lack of opportunity. Um, learning an instrument can be very expensive um, in schools with so much pressure on, you know, the, the sort of STEM core subjects. Music can get sort of shunted to the side um, as a sort of nice to have extra. Maybe it's something you do in your lunch times. It's something that happens in an after school club, but it's otherwise perhaps one lesson a week if you're lucky. And we know from the exam data that, you know, students, number of students studying for GCSE or grade levels has been going down significantly. Um, and we think that's not fair. We think we think anybody should have the opportunity to make music. We know through our decades of running our own ensembles, our youth orchestra, our training orchestra, our youth choruses, that making music to a you know good and regular level is is possible for anybody and also doesn't just give you a skill that might turn into a job but it might just turn into a lifelong hobby it brings um all sorts of other advantages in terms of self-confidence discipline teamwork um uh, focus uh and you know as i say something that can be a be a joy for for life and our social skills. Um, you know, frankly, when I went to university, I joined as many choirs and orchestras as I could because it was a good way of meeting girls. You know, I mean, there are all sorts of motivations that people might have. Um, uh, but we know that that is true. And we believe that by offering this through um, a school that has music right at the core of its purpose, will we'll give those young people greater um, uh, life skills, employability, better exam results, better social skills, you know, we just think they will benefit. And uh, if we can demonstrate that they benefit, then hopefully this is a model that could be rolled out in other places. Um, and we can push back the tide of um, uh, sort of, you know, decreasing music education. So it's a small ambition. Wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. So many questions. When does it open? <laughs> Which lucky residents, which, which lucky school year are going to be? <laughs> this September? Yeah, so it's so wow. we're, we're, uh, September of next year, so September, next, September yeah. 23. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that there will be six feeder primary schools from right across the, the borough. So Sandwell is one of these um, slightly artificial uh, local authorities created in the in the 1970s, I think, maybe 1980s. Anyway, so it comprises West Bromwich and, and, and Tipton and Smedic and Oldbury. So uh, the idea is there will be one um, primary in each of the six uh, towns that makes up um, Samwell. 
Um, and no selection. It's not a, you know, you won't be passing an audition or an exam to get into the school. It's, it's really there for those parents who, and, and, and young people who feel this is something they really want to do. If, if they go to one of those primaries and decide that music is not for them, other great schools are available in Samwell. So it's, it's sort of, you know, we hope it will be sort of self-selecting in, in, in that way. Fabulous. And what does it mean for the musicians of CBSO that this is happening? Does this change their activity significantly? So we think it will gradually um, change, you know, the opportunities in our, we already have a very big learning and participation programme, of course, and lots and lots of schools activity. I mean, Birmingham has 430 primary schools and 150 secondary schools or something like that. And we're the only full-time symphony orchestra in you know 100 miles in each direction so we already work with 14 music hubs across the west midlands yeah there is no shortage of need but um the i think what's different for, for, for us and for our musicians is that a lot of a lot of our school's work is um a bit stop start um in terms of each individual school we might have a program that runs for many years but in terms of the you know one group of, of, of young people or, or, or one school it's very dependent on funding, you know, funding that they find, funding that we find, the particular enthusiasms of the head of music or the head teacher, you know, and so inevitably a lot of, like a lot of arts education work more generally, is that it, it can be a bit sort of parachute in and then out again. Um, so the great thing here is that this is planned over an extended period, I mean, essentially forever, assuming the school is a success. Um, so we can plan you know, before each year starts, you know, two years out, we can plan. I mean, we already have plans for what, you know, the activity will look like, but obviously that will change over time as we work out what works well and, you know, what, what doesn't work as well. But but we can plan that work with confidence. So I think in terms of our musicians who will go in as ensembles, who will go in as workshop leaders, who will go in as um, coaching, you know, ensembles groups, they, they won't be delivering the basic, you know, they're not all going to be teaching grade three viola and stuff like that. I mean, the music service and and other uh, you know, specialist te instrumental teachers will help with those things. But our players are there really for the inspiration on top. Our soloists and conductors will will go in and, and do work there. Um, already a lot of our guest artists, regular guest artists, are very excited about this opportunity. Our choral leaders will will go in and, and hopefully sort of inspire um, a, a strong choral programme in the school. And um, the young people at the school will come regularly to CBSO concerts. I mean, at the moment, if you go to a school in Birmingham um, and, and in Samwell, the chances are you might get one visit to hear a live orchestra, if you're lucky, during your time at school. Um, we're hoping these young people will all come uh, to Birmingham every term to hear the orchestra live, to hear a whole range of music. They'll also be hearing live music in the classroom through the curriculum. So the idea is that classical music, orchestral music, and, and, you know, other genres as well, it won't all be classical, but those things just become a normal part of their life, not something that's strange and, you know, not for them and, and, and somehow distant or, or, or awkward. It will be something they're just absolutely used to in the way that they are also used to, you know, playing football or, or reading books. Um, so, so, so that's the thing. I think in terms of, in terms of capacity, um, if I'm honest, I see this as an each way bet. So it is possible over the next decade, and it's, you know, it's school opens next year, it'll be five years before it's full because it starts just with year seven and then 
the next year they move on to year eight, new year seven, and so on. So the school won't be full until about 2028. Over this next decade, it could be, it's not what any of us wants, but it could be that um, there is just so much less musical opportunity in state schools. I mean, we're, you know, it has been in retreat quite significantly for a number of years, and there is a risk that it will disappear further, in which case our school will feel like a beacon of shining light and, you know, activity there will replace activity that we used to do elsewhere because those schools don't want it. What we hope happens, however, is that it's all additional and that actually the success of, of, of the Shannon CBSO school will, will encourage um, other uh, schools and local authorities and, and academy trusts and so on to want to do more music as well because they see the success. So we hope this leads to a growth in our programme. And in terms of our musicians, you know, musicians who have come through music college in the last decade or so are much more prepared for this sort of portfolio career of of leading, um, uh, you know, LMP activity as well as simply playing in an orchestra. Um, so we have a huge number of players already involved in our LMP program, uh, and a sage new musician that joins is more likely than the one they replace to have been very involved in this activity and have built up those skills. And we see the future for musicians in our orchestra as being, as I say, that some of the benefits of a portfolio career, but within the security of a of a salary uh, commitment, um, you know, and a full time employed job. And and we already do that. Players in the CBSO have great opportunities for chamber music, for solo playing, for um, LMP work, uh, and for coaching, and for um, new music. You know, all all manner of specialisms and. So we think this is just going to help push that uh, even further, so that so that our musicians have, a, you know, really interesting and sustainable careers, rather than the feeling of oh, you join an orchestra and that's it, you're always playing, you know, chike six every other year. That's the idea. Wow, what a fantastic thing to hear about on a uh, Tuesday morning. I'm um, wondering how quickly you can get it up to Newcastle so that my son can benefit when he's there. <laughs> when he reached secondary age in about I don't know seven years or something um <laughs> yeah no that sounds really really wonderful and so beneficial in so many ways I've been struck recently and there's so many angles to this that we could take but one of the conversations I've been on the periphery of recently is what you do if your child um shows a, a real um talent or prodigy for something uh, not necessarily music obviously um could be sport could be anything um but the challenges in terms of rehearsal time needed and focus needed can be really conflicting with a sort of um average uh, school you know it's like a, a standard school timetable and i was i read um um Kadia Kana Mason's book about the lengths that they went to to um yeah. provide their um, children That's with the amazing such an inspiring book, isn't it? Oh, goodness. I, well, yeah, yeah and I, absolutely inspiring and really, um, I felt when I read it that she talked a lot about um, about the talent that the children had and all I read when I saw it obviously that's definitely true but also this the amount of work that she put in as a mother and that they put in as a family to making sure they were in the right places at the right time and talking to schools and it was the story that in that book about um, how they had a very understanding um, secondary school that allowed for classes to be missed or things to be rearranged so the yeah. piano practice could happen or uh, you know um, instrument practice could happen and 
being struck with the, just the sheer logistics of trying to handle that. Um, is that something that's in in the in the thinking with the school? Yes, it is, and it's it's it. This was an early part of the discussion. Really, was that we all know, you know, it takes a village to <laughs> to, to raise a, a musician or indeed an outstanding, uh, uh, you know, sports uh, person. Um, and I think um, we were conscious, for instance, that there needed to be plenty of practice space on site at the school because you cannot take for granted that every child will have, you know, their own bedroom that's soundproofed where they can practice when they're at home, all that kind of stuff. Um, logistics, very, very, very important. So the school has a, you know, a large number. It, I mean, it won't be enough, I'm sure, but it has a very large number of practice rooms. And we also have access to uh, West Bromwich Town Hall, which is a sort of five minute walk away, which has also lots more space there that's going to be converted into um, some 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 use, usable rehearsal space there as well. But yeah, I think it's absolutely a journey for um, for the children uh, and for their parents. Um, and, you know, we certainly want to take away the barrier that is about affordability. So whether that's buying instruments or buying, I mean, the expensive bit is buying the lessons normally. Um, but then, you know, the travel to the concert, you know, coming to the concerts at Symphony Hall, they'll be able to do on the tram, actually, because the school is five minute walk from a tram stop that comes directly to Symphony Hall. Um, so just trying to get rid of all the economic barriers um, and hope that we can, you know, prevent the kind of more um, social or perception barriers going up in the first place if we have a, a, a cohort that we're working with right from the start. I mean, you know, seven-year-olds don't have prejudices about classical music. That is sort of forced on them by society, the media, their parents, their teachers, their peers, all of that. Um, so try, you know, try to avoid that. But yeah, for sure, it's still clearly to, to achieve a good standard, the amount of support you need at school from your friends, um from your um family is, is 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 massive and you know that will be clearly one of the challenges and the things that we will learn along the way as to how best to do that absolutely well thank you so much for for sharing all all of this this is a um, fascinating and exciting project and it must be um quite something to be at the head of it all <laughs> sounds like you've been busy it's, it's super exciting yeah yeah, yeah, it's super exciting. And look, you know, I, I went, you know, I went to a comprehensive that had reasonable music, but only okay. And, you know, forever jealous of those who had much better opportunities at, at, at school. So I, you know, I, I, I feel a strong sense of personal commitment to this, to this, to this um, amazing project. How, um, how long has it been in the offing for out of interest if it's launching next year? How long this, since this was first put to the government? Gosh, it was about, I think the first conversations were about five years ago, though at that point it was with a different trust, in fact. Um, uh, the actual bid was approved in early, it was submitted in late 18, approved in early 19. Um, and then there was a long process while um, discussions happened over the choice of site, so where to put it, um, was the which was kind of out of mostly out of our hands i mean we advised on a few aspects and we we went to a few meetings uh, on that but fundamentally that's sort of driven by the government processes mm. but the site is a great one it's it's right in the center of west bromwich it's an existing building that has been sold to 
uh, to the trust by by the council and actually is is quite a bit larger than the site you would normally get if it was a new build for that number of pupils. But that was part of the case we were making is, you know, the corridors have got to be wide enough for people who are carrying their, carrying their cello down the corridor. You know, you've got to have enough space for all these practice rooms and so on. So um, yeah, the, site is, the site is fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we should be looking out for that. That's, uh, that's really wonderful to hear. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stephen, for talking to us today. We've heard so many stories about how the world of music has coped with COVID as well as managing to survive against the odds, but everyone's experience is different and that of the CBSO is both familiar and unique. It's also been a real privilege to hear about your collaboration with Shiloh Collegiate Academy Trust. Your plans for the school are inspirational, especially given the decline of support for the arts in education set against what we know about the benefits they bring to children and their development across all academic fields. You can find out more about the work of the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra, the Shireland CBSO School and Stephen himself at the CBSO website, cbso.co.uk. Stephen, it's been such a great privilege to have you as our guest on Music Works. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Music Works podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe, check out our other great episodes and even better, leave us a review. You can also sign up to our mailing list at www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing dash list for updates and news about what Polyphony Arts is up to for all you classical music folk out there. You can find more information in the show notes as well. Meanwhile, I'm Katie Beardsworth and I look forward to sharing with you the next great episode of Music Works. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Music Works is a Polyphony Arts production. Thank you for listening.